welcome to Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Joss Richard, and this is the podcast where every week I will be joined by a special guest who either loves Three's Company, hates it, or has never even heard of it, and together we'll review an episode of the classic sitcom. Today we're talking about season two, episode 11, Janet's High School Sweetheart, and I am so excited to unpack this episode with our special guest. Rebecca Mater is here. She is an actress best known for her roles in The Devil Wears Prada, her role as Charlotte Lewis in Lost, and the Wicked Witch, Zelina, in You May Have Heard of It, Once Upon a Time. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hi. I'm amazing. Thank you. Wow. Just for this podcast, Rebecca is going to do her Valley Girl accent. I'm so excited. You're welcome. It's just for you. Very, very LA. (laughs) I love it. I love this energy. Also, I have to say, we're recording at 9.30 in the morning and Rebecca has like brought the energy. It's kind of my thing. It's what I do. It's what I'm highly caffeinated, okay? (laughs) She's a mother and it is morning and she's here. She's here and she's present. You know what's crazy is this is actually, I've been up since five, brilliant. And this is still my first cup of the day. So I've actually figured out because I never get to do anything for myself because everybody needs me. If I put it in a special thermos, I can just continue to nurse this one cup of coffee until it's time for the next one. Is it cold though? I feel like that's what happens to me. No, still hot. Still hot. It's the Yeti brand. Not an ad, guys. Calm down. But the Yeti brand (laughs) keeps it really hot, just like you. Wow. We'll have to get a... A code, a promo code for that one. Right? (laughs) B-E-X, click. (laughs) Rebecca, I am so excited to talk about this episode with you. But before we get into the actual episode, what is your knowledge of Three's Company? It's like minimal. (laughs) Okay. So in the UK growing up, there were loads of American sitcoms that were on, that were hits in the 80s when I was growing up. But I mean, I'm sure Three's Company was on. I'm sure it was on, but it it wasn't really, I guess, on my parents' radar because the shows, the, the American sitcoms that I grew up watching were more like Cheers, Roseanne, Frasier, and, you know, and then into then Will and Grace and Friends as I got older. But Three's Company was never something I watched with my mum and dad. And then it's such a huge part of American culture and people reference it all the time, just in bits and jokes. And I sort of go, oh, yeah, that thing where those two birds live with that bloke. That's literally my knowledge of it. So when you invited me to do the podcast, I'm like, I'm like the worst person to ask because I have zero knowledge. I'm like the worst or the best because it's such a brand new what on earth is this show take 40 years, 30, 40 years later? So it's completely, completely minimal. And when I watched this particular episode in preparation for talking with you, it was my first time seeing it. So I'm popping your three's company cherry. Oh my God. I need a cigarette and I don't even smoke. <laughs> no, I love when people don't know anything. Those are the best, the best reactions because they're like, what is this? What is happening? Or they, they, or they love it. You know, we'll see. We'll see how you feel. (laughs) So let's get into the episode. I'm going to go through everything that happens. And I would just love your thoughts, your thoughts, your initial reactions. I know this is fresh for you. You watched it like right before we recorded, right? Yep. 
great, 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 great. Just watched it. Yeah. We start the episode and we have a classic Mrs. Roper. So Mrs. Roper and Mr. Roper are the landlords that live underneath the three main characters. And she's she's horny. She's horny as fuck right now. And (laughs) that's just just how it is. She's classic Mrs. Roper. You know, she's not getting anything from her husband. And I'm sure you notice that. (laughs) She's dying. Yeah, she's chomping at the bit. She's dying. The woman needs help and she's trying to get whatever she can. Jack comes out in a towel and she's into it. She's just like really, really worked up right now and I love it. And then we have Janet. She enters and she's like coming home from work and she's super happy because she ran into Peter Van Horn, who we learn was the most popular guy in her high school. She didn't date him. She didn't – he didn't notice her. And I feel like this is like the classic sitcom setup, someone reuniting with someone they met in high school. Yeah. Have you ever reconnected with someone from like your high school? I, I mean, I imagine you were probably like the popular girl, Rebecca. No. No. <laughs> no. You know, it's funny. Um, it obviously happens to me a lot less because I live 6,000 miles away from my high school. Right. Probably in- – Let's be honest, like on a subconscious level, it's probably intentional. Um, I did not have a great time at school. Um, I didn't really become popular until I was like 15. So up until 15, I had a really crap time. And I've been this size since I was 11. So I was more called like the ginger giant. Oh, here she comes, fee five fo fun Because I was just so massive. I was the tallest and heaviest kid in my year out of 250 people just in my grade alone at the age of 11 I was the heaviest and the tallest so I always felt very I always felt like I took up too much space and I kind of was always trying to make myself smaller which is hilarious because now my personality is massive and you can't shut me up but there have been moments where I've sort of like bumped into people from school when I've gone home to see my family and stuff and that was one thing that just popped to mind just now it, it wasn't anything sort of like a boy or anything romantic but there was a girl that I ran into that wasn't particularly nice to me at school but was excited to see me because all of a sudden oh my god I'm on the telly now so oh my god Becky I can't believe it's you I, or one girl even said to me once oh I always knew you were gonna make it I'm like oh, did, did you? you or were you incredibly horrible to me at school knew I was gonna make it okay and then there was this other time I bumped into a girl at a supermarket and she was standing next to this giant male person standing next to her. He must have been 18, 20, and it was her son. And I'm like, oh, my God. This was years before I even had my first baby. I'm like, wait, we we could do that? Like, and now she's like a grandmother. I'm like, wow, mind blown. Oh so I do, I do get some funny instances when I get home. I haven't had like a really amazing bump into an ex-boyfriend story and you know what's really annoying you know it's really fun I, I'm only on Facebook um to stalk people mm-hmm. and me, me and my girl me and my girlfriends call it stalk book mm-hmm. and all the people that I really want to stalk the most like exes and things like that and to see you know if they're bald now or gone gray or look terrible because they were horrible to me or like <laughs> broke my heart the people that I really want to stalk just aren't even on social media at all. I'm like, oh, come on. Uh, it's so annoying. Or they are, and they're stalking you, probably. But I can't see them. It's, it, I mean, it should work both ways. But I do feel, with the opening of the episode, I do feel really sorry for the landlady. Um, for I mean, I'm, does it go on throughout the whole show where she's not getting any? Is that like their the shtick? En- entire show. <laughs> Like the entire show. That's so sad. That's so funny. But like, I mean, poor girl, you know. And this is something I also am trying to unpack because there is no there's no reason 
why Mr. Roper isn't affectionate towards her yeah. because he shows interest in like younger girls it's like he's he's probably horny too he just doesn't fancy her anymore like how depressing is that i know <laughs> it actually is sad when you like strip it down it's like okay i'm not gonna have sex with you but i am gonna come and find you in somebody else's house or wherever he said this to her and let her know that he's ever so hungry oh brilliant interesting fact guess what i don't care i mean it, it's like you know it's like taking care of two small children can't relate and your husband coming in and saying what's for dinner it's like hang on a minute the 50s called and wanted its sitcom back i yeah. don't know you've got hands make yourself what did he say something like, you're gonna fix me dinner or am i gonna starve to death i'm like well i would choose the latter yeah. especially if you're not putting out why would i feed you what she needs to do is say i'm not gonna feed you anymore until you give me some sweet sweet loving that's exactly what she should do yeah, that's that's the spin-off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Also, if my husband came while I was talking to my friends and said, make me dinner, I'd be like, bye. <laughs> First of all, my girlfriends would tackle my husband to the floor, beat him up, and then take me out for dinner. <laughs> exactly. Those are good friends. <laughs> I do have good girlfriends. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Janet is explaining that she met this high school quote-unquote high school sweetheart, didn't really know she existed. Right. They're going to have dinner later that night. And she's super excited. And as she's getting ready later that night, you know, she feels like she's in high school again. And Janet is actually like a really cool character. So now we're seeing like, okay, she's a little insecure and it's just a side of her that we've never actually seen. And there's an actually really sweet Jack and Janet moment here where she says, why would he want to date me? And he was like, why, why would he want to date you? You're one of the most gorgeous, exciting, beautiful women I've ever met. And okay, Rebecca, I really – you know the term ship, I'm sure. Duh. <laughs> I, I ship Jack and Janet. I, I love Jack and Janet. I love the trope of like the best friend who has like been there all along. And I really love this moment between them. I don't know if you picked mm -hmm. up on any chemistry just from like this one episode or that moment. I actually, th I actually thought it was sweet that he knelt down to have that conversation. You know, like he got down on her level to say, what do you mean? It's you. You're you. Like trying to sort of like hold a mirror up to her to show her how, you know, intelligent and confident and sexy and funny she is. It, it was a it was a cool moment that was a bit more 2022 than the rest of the episode. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This episode <laughs> did not age well, although maybe it did. Maybe it's still relevant. I mean, oh. in a different way, like the flip side of the hashtag me too coin. Yeah. He explains after that he's never told her this because they live together and this is the whole thing. They have to be platonic if he's a man living with two women. So at this point right. in the show, very platonic between the three of them. They are just roommates. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As Janet's getting ready, okay, so there's this line that Chrissy says, do you want to borrow my almost Halston dress? <laughs> that was funny. Honestly, she has a point. There is something, so for it's listeners, yeah, so listeners, it's a JC Penny dress and it has the Halston label sewn into it. And she's like, oh my God, yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like a woman knowing that there is like a certain label on a dress or like if you buy a really expensive dress, no one's going to know. But if you know, it changes your whole attitude. Absolutely. It's like if you actually bothered it, which I never do, it like wear like a matching set of really nice underwear for a change. It's like nobody knows, but you know, it's like your own little how's your father little naughty secret exactly. and I knew when she said almost Halston when she said that I knew she meant she'd sewn in a label I just got it right away and I just thought that's classic what a great way to like 
up level your wardrobe. Yeah, that's what I should start doing. Yeah. <laughs> Peter enters. What are your initial thoughts on this Peter Van Horn? Run. Absolutely run. Honestly, I found this guy to be a massive slime ball 80s, 70s cheese guy who those guys existed really recently. I mean, I know they still do exist and it but it's getting better and better out there, but to be quite frank, I found I found the guy incredibly triggering mm. for me personally because I've been on that date and the guy is so inappropriate and it gets worse and worse and worse. But the laughs are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm like, nobody else seeing that this is rapey. Is anybody else seeing? Like he was, I mean, the, the poor woman, Janet had like, ends up having, as the evening progresses, she ends up with like four pillows to protect herself from him. and I And it just sort of reminded me of, all these sort of these moments in my past, especially because I used to be a model and I lived in Milan and spent time all over the world by myself from the age of 18 instead of going to university. You think about how many dodgy old blokes tried it on like that. It was just like, oh God, like I, I wanted to climb into my iPad and go get her and get her out of that situation because I can't bear that energy. It's like, I've decided I want to sleep with you. So I'm just going to be relentless until I get what I desire. It was cringy. Oh, absolutely. And we'll get into it more throughout the date. It's so weird that this was written in a ha-ha tone. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think it's clear that obviously this man is not supposed to be liked, but the fact that like, like you said, the audience is just laughing. We're just supposed to be like, oh, ha, ha, Janet's in this predicament where she can't get out. She's stuck alone with this man. Like, that's not mm -hmm. funny. But it was back then. It was back then. I mean, you think if you even look at like old British comedies from the 80s, like Benny Hill and things like that, like he was sort of running around with a spatula naked trying to smack women on the bottom and their boobs were flapping in the breeze. And he was always trying to get to them and they were always running away. So it was like, that rapey vibe has been comedic or was up until recently it was incredibly funny just culturally in the west for a lot of for a lot of people and i think thankfully that has sort of changed you know recently with the whole just with things evolving in general in in society then that then affects the comedy and then movements like me too then affects it affects the change even more and it's just really interesting to watch a comedy that is older just to see how it's dated i just found i I found this a really interesting experiment. Yeah. So when Jack and Chrissy leave after meeting him, Jack's like, oh, he's such a great guy. And Chrissy's like, I can't stand him, which is such typical male <laughs> behavior, just like not noticing and Chrissy mm -hmm. noticing just on like- Immediately. A, yeah, like a small it, um, handshake. But was it weird? Why did they leave? Did they leave to give them, but was she gonna ha always going to have that date at home? Yeah. Which is, which is such an inappropriate first date. Like you're literally saying, hi, there's a bed nearby. Like you, like, you, like start with like a scone and a cup of tea in a cafe. Like start at like a coffee shop. Don't start at home. That just like, you, oh, it's like, I've never felt safe ever doing a first date in the privacy of my own home. First of all, you know where I live. Right. <laughs> Second of all, oh God, who's going to save me if I'm home alone with this person? You need to be in public and have multiple witnesses around you. So I thought that was really odd. But he did, his name's Jack, right? There's a yeah. date. Oh no, so Peter, he did, Peter is the date. Peter, yeah. Peter. 
So Peter Van Dushington does this classic thing that I can't stand. And Donald Trump always does it. And it's that double handshake where you take the hand and then you molest the arm mm -hmm. with the other. And it's, it's like really, it, it's so overbear, overbearing. It's a power move that a lot of men and probably some women do. But it's like in that moment, it's like, oh, you're mine. And it's so intense. And it's like, I think, you know, Trump sort of did it to dignitaries and mm. pre other presidents and prime ministers. It's like, no, you don't get to do that. Absolutely not. It, I, I just find it really cringy. So when he grabbed her and touched, it's Chrissy, right? Yeah. The blonde, is Chrissy. Mm -hmm. When he gave the extra squeeze of the left hand, I'm like, she's going to know he's a, he, a douchebag. Yeah. She's going to feel it. And yeah. the minute she walked out the door, she went, I don't like him. And I went, there it is she knew. I think that's really interesting because you're so right. That is a power move. And I'm surprised that they like really played on that. They mm -hmm. really played on that for this. It, you know, mm -hmm. she says double squeeze. The squeeze had a question. Yes. Like it's just all of these things that are so true. And I'm so happy that as, I guess, as problematic as, and this episode is, or like has not aged well, that part still stands true. And I'm glad that they spent a moment talking about that because mm -hmm. as women, he didn't really do anything, but like we can feel it and we feel violated. So mm -hmm. another thing that I thought was interesting was, so Chrissy, Chrissy was the first one to see it and she was right all along, but yet they still do that classic thing where, but because of the color of her hair, she must be an absolute muppet and not know what she's talking about. And even Jack is taking the piss out of her like, I'm a dumb blonde double handshake beep, 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 boop, boop. Yeah. like she's an eat like she's an idiot and it's just it, that's such a that's such a dated cliche like oh she's got blonde hair no way has she got any brain cells to rub together cut to she was right you know that's something that are you you watch friends right are you familiar with friends Yes, I'm a big, big friends girl, yeah. So Chrissy is sort of like the Joey where she gets progressively yeah. more dumb, quote unquote, mm -hmm. throughout the show. Right right now mm -hmm. we're still in season two. So she's – I think it's more of like a naive sort of yeah. demeanor she has, but it becomes – way worse as the show continues yeah, um, really? and I think, uh, yeah and it, it just which is a shame because she's blonde and she's beautiful and they sort of just gave her that stereotype but then he used to like he even like then kisses her at the table which i thought was weird in the booth like when they're having their dinner and he's like pretending to find them goes oh, boom, 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 and kisses her and like what why <laughs> it's like these male writers going let's just throw in something that makes no sense that's mildly sexual to keep the momentum of the show going, but it was completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. Jack is constantly trying to hit on them in like a, a fun way, but mm -hmm. you're so right. In the middle of her talking about how this guy is a piece of shit, he's like- He does the same thing. <laughs> does the same thing. But it's supposed to be also, funny and okay, because we know him. If he's but if he's pretending to be gay, shouldn't he be doing that just like in life in general? What if one of his landlord's friends were there and saw him like trying to make out with a hot blonde? Great. Commit to the bit, bro. Great question. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. So meanwhile, back at the apartment, Peter's disgusting. He's aggressively coming onto Jan and he literally puts them on the, on the floor. floor on the floor that's when i'm like all right i'm on my way janet i'm coming i'm getting in a time machine i'm coming back in time to come and get you good god get this woman off the floor the floor was like triggering it hasn't yeah. happened to me but i was like that is i just don't want to mm -hmm. see that 
I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Why did you have to move it to the floor? Put the pillows on the floor. Put her delicate throw pillows on the floor. Excuse me. I would lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Not the pillows. But also the audience were loving it. They're like, oh, oh, oh raping on the floor. Oh, what a, what a hoot. You know, like, what no. is happening? It was so rapey. His vibe was so rapey. He didn't care that she wasn't interested and that she was getting more and more sort of, you know, progressively more and more and more uncomfortable. He's just... He was just on his mission and he wasn't going to give up. It was so gross. Yeah. And then Mrs. Roper comes upstairs and Mm -hmm. she's all like, oh, I just wanted to see Peter. And I feel like Janet was like, help me. I would have run. Well, she was like, do you want to stay? Do you want to stay for some tea? Like, Like, I would be like blinking a billion times. Like, help. Blink twice if you're not okay. Like, help me. Help me. Or, or, Or say, you know what? You need to get some. Van Horny McRapenstein can give you some and I'll go and eat dinner with the moody old fart downstairs that doesn't want to have sex. Problem oh. solved. They should have just swapped. Miss Roper would have been happy up there probably. Absolutely. <laughs> she would, she have, would been, have been thrilled. She would have she been may have, She may have, she may have broken, but who cares? He deserves it. <laughs> so he's hitting Hunter and he uses this line, like, how much do I love you? Let me count up the ways. Which, you know, yeah. I thought, I thought was funny. He used that line and she's like. You're, you're doing it wrong, bro. And she's dead. Yeah, she's, <laughs> he's still like, doesn't trying get to sleep it. with her. No, what a dumb dumb. But he still doesn't get Ugh. it. So she she literally pushes him off and runs into her bedroom. And this is this is scary. Yes. And he follows her to try and knock the door down. And then eventually gets in, which we don't see. I'm like, none of this is okay. Also call nine one one. Oh, absolutely call nine one one. This was this was concerning. It was concerning to see. God. So then Jack and Chrissy come home. The apartment is a wreck, which leads me to believe they were like running around the apartment. Mm-hmm. And she was like trying to She's get away completely from him. disheveled. Her almost Holston dress that she borrowed from Chrissy is broken, ripped off the shoulder. I mean, she looks like she's been attacked. She says, she's like, I was attacked. And then she's like, well, not attacked. I'm like, no, Janet, don't downplay it. You were attacked. You were attacked and this is not okay. At all. At all. And it's just, it's, it's again weird that this is like the narrative. And I feel like this is why a lot of people, like people, I grew up watching this show and I was under the impression of like, oh, that's just what happens when you go out with gross guys they do that to you it normalized it exactly it normalized it yeah. exactly especially when you have a laugh track behind it like what are you supposed uh-huh. to think growing up and also you know you think that well i don't want to be rude you know back then it's like oh rejection means that you're a bitch and that you're not playing along and it's polite to just go along with what the man wants you know and i think he even says to it, like or someone says like don't worry i forgive you and it's like for what or like for playing hard to get or something it's just because you don't want it or you're not interested in that that means you're playing a game or playing hard to get that you know that men just assume that women should just naturally want it because they're so gorgeous and god's gift to men it's like maybe sometimes people just don't fancy you dude yeah exactly okay if this happened to you obviously we know both of us would do but if it was someone that you knew from high school who you had a crush on who i guess you know you have that history with I feel like maybe I'm trying to give Janet the benefit of the doubt here because I feel like if this were a stranger automatically anyone should kick them out but because it's someone you've known I feel like you're more inclined to be like I guess you let the night go on longer that's probably an aspect of it too but I think it's mostly that even if it was like a nice gentleman that she'd met at the library it was it 
I do think it has a lot to do with back in the day. It was sort of, it was rude to decline, Mm, you know, and it was all about, God forbid, you doth ever, you know, bruise a man's ego. How do you? And then, you know, she's declined. She declined. She says, no, 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 no. How many times do you say no? And then when he sees her roommate, it's like, that's why you don't want to have sex with me. You must be a lesbian. Which And it's like, that took a turn. Amazing. But I love that the only way for him to make himself feel better is like, oh, she doesn't like any men. It's Mm. not me. God forbid it's me and my rapey vibes. I'm going to just chalk it under the fact that she doesn't like men at all. She's definitely a lesbian so that I can go about my night and feel good about myself. I'm like, okay, bye. Yeah. (laughs) I do wish he had a moment of realization where they kind of made him feel stupid, but they just let him go. I mean, Jack kicked him out, but I guess that's that's Mm -hmm. the reality of it. Men like that, they won't realize and they'll never know. Mm -mm. Most of them are six feet under now anyway, (laughs) because that generation has all gone night, night. (laughs) Yeah. So they kick Peter out and Jack brings back the, oh, well, I knew that he was... (laughs) I knew he was bad because of his double squeeze and the question mark. Yeah, he stole He stole the blonde's intelligence. It's just nothing but taking away from the women, isn't it? If you really look at it, oh my God. It's like, yeah, I knew because of that handshake. It's like, that was not your fact to share, bro. I hate it when people do that. Yeah. When people take your idea or your fact-finding mission and sell it as their own. It's plagiarism. I can't bear it. And it kind of came back where she's like, you're starting to sound like Chrissy, which was kind of a jab at what he was saying, but she, yeah. you know, Chrissy got her got, got her moment. The tag scene after, you know, the commercial is Mr. and Mrs. Roper downstairs. She's romanticizing, like, what happened <laughs> to Janet. And she's like, oh, mm-hmm. if I got, like, thrown on the bed and all that stuff. So I think our theory is right. Mrs. Roper would have probably had a better time staying up there with Peter than Mr. Roper. So 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 would have, you know, Rapey McRaperson. He would have got what he wanted. She would have got what she wanted. That should have been that should have been the end of the episode. The tag of the two of them like oh, you know, like under the covers. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone wins at that point. So yeah. <laughs> so that was Janet's high school sweetheart. And Rebecca, what what were your overall thoughts of the show watching it for the first time? Does it hold up? You don't have to be nice, by the way. Comedically, obviously, this show would never in a million years get made today for lots of reasons. You know, it's not, it's it's sexist and there's no racial diversity in it whatsoever. That, I mean, but there are so many errors in it. But, I mean, it's it's hard because some some sitcoms do age well, some don't. And then some some do. And then 10 years later, you're like, ooh. Mm. You know, for example, like, I'm a huge friends fan mm-hmm. but it's only been sort of within the past sort of five or ten years sometimes i have it on a lot in the background i think Whew, that wouldn't get said today Whew, that joke wouldn't get written today so now i'm starting to see friends start to age itself out mm. a little bit as society progresses and just like the sexualization of some of the female characters and things like that and like you know the those sort of jokes but back in the 90s you're like because <laughs> that's just how it was yeah it's just how it was and I think that's one of the great things about situational comedy is it's making fun of the situation that these people were in in that time in that year and in that moment I mean there are there are bits and some shticks that will always be funny like the sexless marriage is always going to be funny to a lot of people and you know the the whole sort of like pretending to be gay because you know or living with two women and the will they won't they those things kind of carry on i think there are tiny aspects of it 
that are still could still be used today but i think so much of it is 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 sort of out of date we're really just i think in terms of like the sexual innuendo and stuff yeah. like that yeah 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 i'm also a really big friends fan and that's a really good point because i watch some things and i'm like back in the day i'm like oh monica being fat that's so funny and now i'm like oh they really just put like a fat suit on her and that's that's not okay also when is it ever okay to make fun out of someone's weight i mean i got i was even listening to peppa pig this morning because both my kids are really into peppa pig mm -hmm. and i realized that peppa always fat shames her dad oh daddy you can't possibly get into our tree house your tummy is much too big and then daddy pig sort of goes bright red and goes Oh. oh no! And I'm like, oh my god, poor Daddy Pig! Oh no! Like they're always fat shaming Daddy Pig, so it like it pops up in things a lot here and there. I'm like, oh dear, that didn't age very well. Yeah, but <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, even with like friends and three's company, I said this as a disclaimer for our first episode. I'm like, there are no people of color on this show, and that's just and not same as Friends, but that's just how it was at the time. You know, there. If there were people of color, it was like the token black person, the token Asian person, or they had their own show. Right. It was separate. It was yeah. separate. And um, I agree with you. For what it is, I think that there are things that hold up and are still funny if you're able to accept that we are in the 70s, that we are in this world of the 70s. Mm -hmm. My final question, I always ask this, if you happen to be scrolling on TV, if and nobody has TV anymore, but you're on, you're on a streaming <laughs> service and you see Three's Company and it's midnight. Would you put on a Three's Company and watch it? I wouldn't have done in the past, but having had this really fun chat with you and getting to know you and now like number one fan subscriber to your podcast, oh my God. I would because I also, I love television. I love the business of TV. I've always been a fan of TV and the medium of TV way more than film. I grew up watching a lot of TV. I watched it after school when I got home and waited for everybody to get home. It's kind of been my best friend, my babysitter, my comfort aunt, like, you know, how the Golden Girls say. And it's like TV has been such a big part of my life. And I would watch another episode to see if it was as inappropriate as the last one, almost sort of like a social experiment, just because I find TV interesting and I watch I do watch everything so yes if I came upon it I would watch another one and then I'd probably try and watch another one for from seasons further down the line to see how it's different and not even just like thematically I like to watch um, character development too mm -hmm. because when you go back like you were saying you know Suzanne Summers's character gets more and more heightened and over the top in terms of being a dumb blonde and I just don't know anything <laughs> and then you look at like you know, season one, Monica from Friends, she was pretty normal. Mm. And by the end, she was like, <laughs> just like bonkers. And but really funny, don't get me wrong, but they really found their characters, the actors themselves, and then kind of pushed them to the next level, because it is comedy at the end of the day, and they sort of found their groove. I love watching how actors themselves develop their characters and kind of get into their skin more. So I would be interested to kind of see a later episode as well. Well, Rebecca, you are always welcome to come back if you want to review a later episode. I would be so happy to have you. No pressure, but this is your formal invite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, but you're you're so right because I think it's so hard for even guests in season one, season two to review an episode because me knowing the entire duration of the eight seasons these characters aren't fully developed yet. So I, I understand that you're watching something that like the actors haven't even found their groove. Mm -hmm. You mentioned this earlier about Cheers. Yeah. 
which I love. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Uh, Norm. I love the Rebecca seasons, and oh, I'm I'm not know. I'm not in the majority. That's that's ooh, that's tough. I mean, Cheers was such a huge part of my life, and I remember it was like a death when when we lost Diane. I'm like. I'm sorry, what are we supposed to do now? Mm. We're supposed to just watch the show and accept Rebecca. I love her name, but what am I supposed to do? Also, her hair's amazing. <laughs> I wanted to hate her, but I ended up loving her. But I did miss the, neuro- the like Diane's neuroses mm. were amazing. And I think the writers writ her, wrote her neuroses so well, I almost feel like they then just channeled them into Frasier. Oh, and I kind, of, yeah. I kind of got, I got my fix of that neurotic sort of I'm superior because I'm so educated that sort of Britishness to that character I I got that from Frasier and then Frasier got his spin-off so that kind of that kind of helped me out but I'm 50-50 with the women I did um I did a little story here I did a convention um in Atlanta ages ago called Mm -hmm. Dragon Con Mm -hmm. and someone said to me or they came over and in their hand they had um a signed photograph of Cliff from Cheers I'm like what cliff's here and i jumped up from my autograph table i'm like and i had a line and my 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 book is going where are you going i'm like no you don't understand cliff is here (laughs) and i'm like running around trying to find i'm like cliff it's me i'm rebecca mader i play zelina from once upon a time you don't understand oh my and he looks the same he's barely aged at all um i was wearing the please tell me he was wearing the postman outfit (laughs) i know he wasn't (laughs) (laughs) no but he was wearing a blue button down so it's sort of a nod to it but he and I had this great chat and he gave me um, a free um, signed headshot for my parents. And it just absolutely made my day. And I just, I love TV. I love, love, love sitcoms. And it is my biggest dream to have to be on a sitcom that shoots in LA and do something funny because I always end up, you know, not end up. I mean, don't get me wrong. Hashtag blessed with my career and lost was a gift. And once upon a time was a gift, but I always play really strong dramatic serious intense people but i am a giant silly person in real life and i love to make people laugh so that's my goal manifest it put it out there i would love i'm a big big sitcom person as a fangirl but as an actor that is like my dream role i am manifesting that for you because you are so funny rebecca (laughs) can do it all it's so true thank you you are so funny and this is one of the most exhilarating and filling conversations that i've had especially so early in the morning so thank you (laughs) so much oh my god if you ever need to pick me up just text me i've got you oh my god perfect i'm here for you thank you so much rebecca i had so much fun and thank you for taking the time to watch this episode and now taking the time to talk about it i really enjoyed it and i mean it i would love to have you back whenever you're ready i will work off of your schedule whatever you want but i would love to have you i would love to i would love to come back absolutely it's been really fun thank you so much for having me you're gorgeous thank you Joel. oh thank you so much thank you and everyone thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week as we talk about season two episode 12. Thank you.